Colleen Batchelder, and I'm so thrilled to be with you again and bring you another empowering, inspiring video of 30 Days of Hope. Now, I know you've been watching this for a long time and just sharing about how you're giving hope and how you're receiving hope. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible community. Now, I'm so excited. I have a wonderful friend with me today, Ben Stapley, and, and we go way back to New Jersey for a couple years. Yes, it's, it's great to be reunited with you. <laughs> Virtually, I'm far from Jersey, but I'm close to you emotionally. It's great to be with you again, Colleen. Oh, I love it. Thank you. So, and it's, it's so good to, to be with you again. Now, you're in Florida right now, and you are the Weekend Experience Director at a megachurch, Christchurch. So yes. tell us, what has that been like, especially with the coronavirus right now? Ah, uh, yeah. So for my title is, hey, what's that Weekend Experience Director? What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> So my role is to craft a great experience for people from yep. the streets to the seats to the screen. So once they appear on our physical campuses, uh, that they have a welcoming experience. And then obviously, so we usher them into our worship centers, into our auditoriums, that they would continue to encounter Christ. And then more importantly, we wouldn't just maximize that one hour the week. We'd maximize the other 167 and that that experience on the screens would continue to engage them to become the man and woman God's designed them to be. So that's my role. Yeah. And that would radically change. So I talked about three areas, right? Uh, uh, streets, seats, screens. Well, those first two are gone. Now it's just the screens. And so we've radically changed our game plan about how we do, uh, how we do work, uh, how we do ministry, how we continue to engage our community and our congregation. But the message of hope Christ offers all of us. It's, uh, it's been, I won't lie, it's been exhausting, <laughs> but it's also been exhilarating as well. What a time to be alive. Exactly. And I'm sure for your position too, there is, it's wonderful what we're doing. And, and thank you, because I think all of us have seen so many different things on the news and we've gotten frustrated with the church per se, because they're not being innovative. They're not being creative. Mm -hmm. So thank you from us to truly actually figure out how do we take church and, and do something different with it. So what has it been like for your team right now? I know you talked about all the different pivots that you've had to make. So how do you create an Easter experience that's memorable, innovative, and just all out amazing during this time? Yeah, so for us, like you talked about, the church has never been about the building. It's always been about yeah. the people. Well, now, now even more so. We literally do not have buildings that we can enter into. We, we got stay-at-home, shelter-at-home orders, and so we've been forced towards that. So we've been creating and crafting experiences exclusively online for people for the past three weeks. And we're going into that for this Easter mm -hmm. weekend as well. Um, excited for that. But there's, some, there's been some changes for us. Of how do we do that well? One of the things is we've created in the past longer experiences. When you have a captivated audience and a, and a captive audience, mm -hmm. you can go longer. You can go 70, 75 minutes, 90 minute experience. Some churches do two hours. You cannot engage people for two hours. <laughs> online so we've we've cut our service experience about in half wow. um and yeah we've changed it a lot our, our teachings used to be around 45 minutes we've scaled that back to 25 i used to i like to use the ted talk analogy that they can connect with people in 18 minutes right in terms of a content but with them that's usually ted talks are connecting primarily with the head mm -hmm. um, messages sermons um pastoral spiritual content is looking to do three things head heart and hands make you think about something feel something and then more most importantly do something and so for us we've we've kept that about 25 minutes that seems to be the sweet spot to connect to all those three areas for our people uh and then the biggest thing for us is also making sure that we have great sharing resources so uh how do we how do we get the word out people aren't coming to us anymore which is awesome how do we go to them 
and give our people digital invites and um, engaging tools online so that they can engage their friends in their community with these experiences. Those are some of the major changes that we've done over the past three weeks. Yeah, and I love the fact that you talked about where some of like the different changes that you've had to make because you can't just replicate what happens face-to-face -face online. It doesn't, it's a completely different audience, completely different experience. What would you say, I mean, I know you've talked a lot about the pros and, and to connect with different people. What are the pros and the cons? Because that's a real issue that people are facing right now is there, there's always an up and there's always a down. Yeah, so first of all, let's call it out, higher reach. So before yep. we were limited to people that came to our campus, that's a huge pro for us. Uh, another great pro for us is it's, it's, it's a more um, less intimidating welcome mat. So in the past, if someone came to a church, you're coming onto it. And if you don't have any spiritual background, or if you even worse, you do have a spiritual background, but it's negative, you're walking into those doors with so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen here? Are they going to be asking me for money right away? Um, am I going to have to, you know, raise my hand and, and, and sing up? I've never done that before. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Are they going to be asking me to handle snakes? I have, I have no idea. I've heard yeah. some person do that. Um, it's completely filled with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Now, people can go and they can experience it without that because it lessens that intimidation factor. So that's huge. Um, it's a lot more welcoming for people. And then for us, um, it's also right now during the season, it's more financially, financially solvent. So it's expensive to run physical campuses, which I, I, don't, I don't wanna throw out the baby with the bath, bath water. That's still important, but there's a benefit to doing things exclusively online and that's financial solvency. Now on the flip side, um, oh, I, I want one last, one last and important pro yeah. is increased vulnerability. You and I are sharing, and we, we, before this conversation, we just jumped in and we picked up things right away. Because online, we are more inclined to share honestly and more vulnerably. But in person, we're going to go through those social niceties, right? Mm -hmm. How's the weather? How's oh, the local? It's great. It's wonderful. You know, you're fine. I'm fine. Let's move. <laughs> but it's online, true. people jump to the heart of the matter much faster. You know, I'm really struggling with this. And um, because of that atmosphere, we're experiencing greater degrees of vulnerability from people who are sharing with us as well, which is awesome. Now, the two cons, and I'll call them out, is yeah. one is a lack of social decorum. So mm -hmm. increased vulnerability, right? Also, increased trolling. Let's be honest. People will say things online that they would never say to your face and in person. So you have to wrestle through that and coach people towards that. You know what? Like, hey, um, I really appreciate that you have political views, but during the message, could you not tell me what they are because we're not talking about that right now and i don't know want to know which way you're going to vote uh six months from now so yeah. so lack of social decorum um, and then the other thing is there is a bit of a growth curve technologically speaking so uh, the, you know there's there's tools that we're using right now to communicate to each other not insurmountable by any means there's mm -hmm. a lot of tutorials and a lot of great agencies that'll help you, your organization, your profit or nonprofit get up to speed to use these, but there is a technological learning curve that people need to adapt to be able to connect with their, their, their audience, um, religious or not, in an online space. That is one of the, the slight cons. And I love the fact, because I mean, I, you talked about the, the beautifulness of like the pros and the cons, and I, one thing that really hit me was you were talking about the idea of welcoming. And I know there's a lot of people, especially within um, the Loud Summit community and within the 30 Days of, of Hope, um, and including myself, where it's like the church has not always felt like a very welcoming experience. What, what are some ways that you'd like to take what's happening now and actually transform it when things come back to quote unquote normal? 
how do we actually mix this idea of a welcoming community, a very, you know, non-threatening atmosphere, but we still have free back to a building per se? Yeah, so you're, t you're touching on a great point that all leaders are already talking about as the, you know, great leaders always look down the road yep. and say, where do we need to go? And one of the things that most leaders are asking right now is what are, what are the pros and what are the lessons we've learned right now with this exclusively online experience? Mm -hmm. And how do we keep the benefits of this moving forward whenever we open up our physical entities, whatever they might be? Yeah. Uh, and for us, that, that is a, a continued sense of engagement with people online. So let's be honest. Um, most people, most committed Christians come to church about one and a half times a month because they're sick, uh, vacationing, or working, um, or they just, they're not able to make it for a host of other reasons. So how do we keep those people engaged? with what God wants to be doing in their life during the rest of the week. So for us, we, we're leveraging all those tools. Um, we have chat hosts in our experience. We're doing live prayer. We have digital connection cards. We have virtual small groups. So as many of our, as our physical things that are happening, we try to have a digital representation of that. I think right now, other than Mary and Barry, we're able to do all those things. Wow. Even going, even, you know, we're going, um, we just had Good Friday recently. And we celebrated communion. A lot of churches do this. We'll celebrate Lord's Supper or communion. Mm -hmm. And we said in advance, grab grape juice and, and bread. So you're prepared to do this at home. Um, and if you can't, Gatorade and goldfish will work. Yes. So, so for us, we're, we're figuring out how to do uh, spiritual engagement in digital mm -hmm. environments. How do we continue to do that once we open our doors? That's key for us right now. Yeah, which is really great because there, there's just that creative aspect. And, you, and in a sense, you get the kids involved and, you know, every single person just come to the table. What, what are some things, because I know there's a lot of pastors and leaders and business leaders, especially that are in the startup phase or the launch phase, and they have no idea where to start mm -hmm. out technically. What would be some products that you would recommend or some platforms that they can start right away that are either free or really minimal at cost and very easy to understand that they can implement right away? Yeah, the, even before I jump into the products and the gear, everyone, yeah. you know, everyone likes to talk about gear. Yeah. What, what's the camera that I need? <laughs> Um, um, I know how many K's do I need to shoot in this thing? So even before I go there, the first thing I encourage people to do is stop looking, stop looking at the church uh, across the street or worse yet, the church or the organization across the country. So in the past, when we just had physical environments, right, we used to compare ourselves with our neighbors. Now we're doing that on a national stage and churches oftentimes have the, the paralysis uh, through analysis. Well, how do I become like them? How do I do what that guy or that gal is doing? And they're getting frozen up on, on that. So first of all, stop. Stop doing that. Focus in on what God has called you and your organization and your church to do in particular. Because there's something unique that you and no one else can do. So you talk about a message of hope. That's my big message of hope. God wants to do something powerfully through you during this shelter at home season. If you haven't figured out what that is yet, figure out what that is and push into that. Now, from a gear standpoint, I would say a lot of it stems on this. The phone that you have, and as long as you don't have a flip phone, um, if you have a smartphone, we got it. Good. We, uh, not everybody does. So, um, as long as you have a decent phone, you're good to go. So, I'll I'll make the experience as easy as possible, and then I'll give some bells and whistles in the back end. So, first of all, uh, encourage all um, teaching uh, whoever's a communicator to to capture your content. Um, most people are watching still, believe it or not, in the vertical setting. So not recording yourself horizontally unless you're like super cool and you're just on IG and that's it. But record yourself vertically because most people are uh, Apple playing this to their TV screens, which are still um, set up in that vertical or in that horizontal 16 by 9, not by 9 by 16 ratio. So record yourself okay. that way. 
Uh, the other thing is get as much natural light on yourself. So if you just stood in front of a bay window and opened it up and let all that light wash on you, you're going to look good. So do that as well. My other coaching is to get the framing as tight to you as possible. You know, generally speaking, almost about a waist up shot, not head to toe shot. The reason is this is because if you do head to toe and people are looking on you on this device here, you're going to, your face is going to become really small. Your emotions are going to become really small and it's going to be hard to engage in you. But if your face is bigger and people see the emotions that you are feeling, they're going to engage with you. So keep the framing relatively tight so you can see it. Another really small thing is figure out where the camera is. I've seen a lot of people like do communications the whole time and they're talking here. It's great to have you with me, Colleen. I'm so, I'm so blessed. And they, they don't know where the camera is and they're, they're looking around the whole time. To, so figure out where the camera is and like, yeah. lock in on that thing. So and there's no content. engagement. Yes, yes. So lock in on that camera. Another silly thing is I've literally, I'm talking to you on my laptop and I've, I got a stack of books. I got a stack of concordances from seminary that I have this thing stacked on so that we're on eye level because this is how you would naturally see me and naturally engage with me. The camera should not be looking down on you and, and making you mousy, which should not be on your desk and looking at your double chin or up your nose. No one wants to see that. So get the camera on eye level as well. Um, and then the last thing is like, make sure to project. So as long as you're standing close to the camera and you're speaking into this mic, it's going to sound decent, but projecting is going to help. And also if there's any ambient noise in the room, like air conditioners or fans, turn those off so you have the best audio. So that's your video, that's your lighting, and that's your audio relatively for free just using this device right here. And that gets you to like a 90% experience right away. If you want to invest, if you want to invest and get something a little more, um, I would not invest in video and I would not invest in lighting. People are willing to compromise on that. If it doesn't look the best, we're willing to compromise. Now, if I'm supposed to listen to you for 20 minutes, it better sound good. Our ears are not compromising. If it sounds bad, if it sounds muddy, people will disengage really fast. So if you're going to look at something, get a basic lapel mic that can plug into your phone. You can get these for like 50 bucks on Amazon. It's going to sound good. People are going to stay engaged with you. That's the, that's the, that, those are the basics for people right there to, to do good online communication. I, I, I love it. It's so easy. I'm, I'm writing all these different notes down. All right. All right. Shoot this way. Do this. Get the lighting. So, and it is, it's something that seems so overwhelming sometimes because we look at people, you know, it's like your church, your, your organization is like, how, we don't, we don't have millions of dollars in funding. How do we start here? And I mm -hmm. think you just made it so reachable and so tangible for everybody so that no matter where you are, whether you're beginning or advanced, you can start here and you can really create something that's innovative and engaging. Yeah. One of the difficult things that I find um, is not doing everything by myself. Yeah. How do you connect and really make sure that the volunteers are, are just a part of this as you are? Because I think a lot of us are sort of running off like, like a chicken with his head chopped off, just trying to make everything work in a certain time, getting to that deadline. So how do we make sure that our volunteers and our other employees are engaged? Yeah, so you want a team around you to make sure this is, is as successful as possible. A team to help you capture the content. So maybe it's a guy or gal. And again, um, I know we're talking to a younger audience. So most people know the technology, but, but don't be fooled. There's some people that are younger that, don't know the technology. So you might need someone to help you set up the camera and help you record the thing. And if not, at least making sure that you're framed well. So in, when you're standing in front of the camera and it's slightly pivot, 
and it's not just recording the, the ceiling the whole time. So yeah. people to, to, to record and help you capture the experience. Uh, then we, again, we keep on using the word engagement. How do we bring hope to people? We can't just throw content at them. We got to engage them with the content. So it's, it's not the promotion, but when the experience is going live, who are um, you know, on your platforms, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, they all have chat features there. So if you're going live with content, who's your team that is going to engage people with the discussion as it goes? The other strong recommendation I have is um, who are your chat hosts? You know, plural, not singular. Because here's the thing. If it's just me as a chat host and nobody's engaging, no one wants to be first, right? So if I'm the chat host, uh, it's, it, it's an experience. Hey, how's everyone going? What do you think about point number three? Are you struggling with what he, she just said? If I'm saying that and nobody's engaging, it's hard to be the first person, first person. But if it's you and I, and we're talking together, then people are more likely to join that conversation. So Colleen, what'd you think about point number three? Yeah, Ben, I thought this. Does anyone else have anything? We've demonstrated a conversation people will jump in. So have chat hosts and then have a team for follow-up. Whatever your connection is, uh, you know, in the business, there's, there's funnels, right? Whatever your funnel is that you're funneling people towards your action step, who are those people that are going to follow up with it? For us in the church world, we have a connection card. We want you to get connected with us and to tell us how you want to get plugged in. We have a team on the back end to get those people engaged. Um, how do they, during the season, how do they do in, um, a, a community engagement? What are the action steps for there? How could they even possibly join the team and be a part of this? And then the last thing for us in the religious world is we have a team of people praying. We talked about hope. People need hope. They need human interaction. So we have a chance for people to jump in and say, I need some of that hope. I would like prayer. Here's my prayer request. Follow up with me. We have a team on the back end following up with that as well. So that the, the main person leading this isn't doing all these things or they're going to get burnt out and they're going to lose all their hope and not be able to give it to others. So have a team around you to make sure this whole experience is a huge success. Exactly. Ben, this has been wonderful. I feel like I've gotten so much information, so much good tips um, and great fellowship. So thank yes. you so much for being with us. And before we end this great conversation, can you just explain to us, how are you personally finding your hope during this time? Ah, a great question. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is, this is um, something that hit me at the beginning of, of the experience. And I was reading through the, I, I kind of regularly read through the gospels just because I need to see who Jesus is very clearly so that I can emulate who he is and showcase him to other people. And I came across the scene where he was uh, the ascension. That's a fancy term to talk about when he went back up to heaven after he died and rose again. And so in that scene, uh, he leaves um, his disciples and they must have been in freak out mode because for the past three years, all they knew was him. He, he was around them. He was the ringleader. And then he, he drops the mic and he leaves and says, I'm out, right? And, and because of that, uh, he, needs to get, he needs to give them hope. And so on the way out, uh, before he ascends, he says, I'm with you, short phrase, powerful phrase, I'm with you always. I'm with you always. The church for the past 300 years has been doing church as usual. Our, uh, three weeks ago, we got our cage rocked and we're now exclusively online. A lot of church leaders are scrambling, um, are are reactive and be honest, a little fearful, like the disciples must have been when Jesus left as well, because our, our ministry model has left us. But those same words that Jesus proclaimed to his disciples, he's whispering to us today as well with hope and saying, I'm with you always. And so I take hope in that, knowing that this did not surprise God. He, he saw this coming. 
and he's going to see us through the season and he's going to help us figure out how to minister to people and to give them that hope by letting us know first and foremost he is with us he's with us in our in our social isolation he's with us in our social distancing he's also with us as we struggle and hear about loved ones who may be catching the disease and maybe even passing away mm. he is with us that's the hope I, that's the hope he gave to his disciples that's the hope i cling on to and that's the hope i try to pass off to to others as well amen amen i i love that idea of emmanuel god with us and i i just think about the idea where it's like god is with us god is for us what does that look like for my life what does that look like to to make me brave to make me actually get through this um so thank you so much for for sharing with us really giving us um, just great inspiration, great, great tips. But this is Colleen Batchelder, and thank you so much for joining us for 30 Days of Hope. Please tune in for tomorrow night at 9 p.m. for another episode to encourage you, empower you, and equip you to truly find hope during these 30 days of April. <laughs>